Welcome to the CT Startup Podcast, an inside perspective on the startup ecosystem in the great state of Connecticut. I'm your host, Michael Kaufman from Movi Interactive. This is Eric Francis from Fresh Farm Aquaponics. And Dave Menard from Martha Kalina. And it's my pleasure this week to introduce uh, a business and a person who, both of which I've been great, a great big fan of uh, for a while now, uh, Tony Karlowitz from Back East Brewing in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Uh, by far my favorite craft brewery, uh, and a business and a business model that has been extremely successful. So we're very happy to introduce him today. Tony? Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. The, the other benefit here is that we're taping this live, uh, but it won't be live, of course, when you're hearing it, but live from <laughs> Back East Brewing, and we all have beers in front of us. So, uh, a we true, all, honest conversation. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We, we all chose the Oktoberfest, which I think we universally recommend. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's good. Well, we're in October, so yeah. So if you... <laughs> <laughs> Eric's a seasonal guy. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. Um, so yeah, so if you hear some clanking glasses... Um, it means well, we're having fun. Yeah, a few a few uh, background belches. We'll try to edit those out, but we'll see. Uh, you know, it just means that we're having a good time. So, Tony, uh, first of all, just tell us a little bit about Back East Brewing. Sure. Uh, we got started in 2012 uh, by myself and my cousin, Ed. Uh, Ed has an engineering background. He uh, moved out to California after graduating from UConn. He lived there for about 10 years before he moved Back East to Connecticut. That's where he picked up the Back East name. Uh, and then Ed and I got together in 2006 and found out, in addition to, you know, kind of being cousins and, you know, separated by distance and, you know, uh, a few years uh, he's a little bit older than I am. We uh, also found we had in common a, a love for good beer. And uh, we started to get together in ho- on homebrew in his garage. We have a little 10-gallon um, little brew house that we uh, started to brew on in his garage, experimenting with different types of beers, different types of ingredients, learning everything we could about beer. Um, took our time. Uh, like I said, that was that was 2006 when we actually started homebrewing, and we actually didn't open up here until 2012. Um but from the beginning, we thought we had a kind of good complementary backgrounds. Uh, me being the, the, the business guy. Um, I grew up in a family. My parents owned a candy store in Bloomfield. Um, a Munson's candy store. Um, if anybody's familiar with that and did that for most of my, uh, most of my childhood. Uh, growing up, working every Thanksgiving, Easter, Christmas. Um, and, uh, just kind of learning the retail aspect of it, learning from my parents how to run a business, the pros and cons. And it's, it's hard work and it's not for everybody. Um, but if you, if you, uh, if you kind of have that urge to, to do that, then, uh, you know, chances are that's probably something, uh, you should be doing. So, uh, we got together, did some business planning and did some brewing, um, got to learn each other as, as partners. Um, and I, I don't think I would have been able to do it without him. Um, and I don't think he would have been able to do it without me. Um, and I don't think, uh, in addition, not being able to do it without each other, I don't think we, we, you know, would have, would have, would have tried it, um, if we didn't have, uh, the other. So the, the, you know, having a partner that's, uh, similar to you, but, you know, different as well, different skills, different interests, 
Um, we're not trying to, you know, step on each other's toes doing the, the same type of thing. And that's worked out really well. Again, you know, with his en- engineering background, you know, brewing is a science. It's very technical. Um, there's a lot of equipment out there, high temperatures, pressures, gases, um, you know, boiling liquids and, and chemical reactions that you really have to kind of understand what's going on. Um, and, you know, actually the, the whole brewing profession tends to be a lot of engineers and scientists and, and so, um, you know, very kind of well suited to that. And I don't know anything. Well, I know a few things about it now, but I don't know <laughs> enough to consider myself an expert. But, uh, you know, the whole business side, uh, you know, again, with my parents owning the candy store, I started a landscaping business in high school, um, made a lot of money under the table in high school and college. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, kind of always had that desire. So, uh, you know, 2012, when we started, that was, that was, you know, 12 years after college for me. So, um, well, and you're a CPA. I am. Yep. I just got my renewal t- notice today, so I'll have, to, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to pay that just to just to keep up appearances. Uh, I don't necessarily use it, but it was uh, it was you know definitely a really good, um, a really good background. Well, it sounds like a good track record. We got a childhood filled with candy. Yeah. Well, in college, you said you did landscaping, so you can make yeah. the argument that it was it was grass. <laughs> yeah. And now we're into now we're right. into beers. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is incredible. And, and I, w- I went to college in Vermont, so I, I, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't yeah. completely unfamiliar with uh, what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave wasn't expecting that. Yeah, all giddy about it. We got to keep him on his toes. Well, it just seems like there's more grass in Vermont than anywhere, right? That's, that's yeah, absolutely yeah. true. <laughs> Um, no, but so you're a CPA and you worked at a large accounting firm. For yes, a while. KPMG in Hartford. Uh, so, I mean, you've had experience at all levels of business, and including massive organizations and yep. and small business. So that's a great experience to take in with you. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I, I you know, didn't want to do it. Obviously, didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. But yeah. uh, you know, six years in in public accounting, six years at an insurance company, um, also in Bloomfield, um, and. Uh, it's good experience. Yeah. You know, you learn a lot. I, I think, you know, you're different, you know, when you're, when you're 33 years old versus when you're 21 years old, just getting out of college, uh, you kind of have a lot, a lot more, um, you know, a lot more experience and sure. And that business experience has helped. So. Plus you were well-traveled moving from Bloomfield to Hartford for one job. Yeah. <laughs> worked in Bloomfield, worked in Hartford, worked in Bloomfield, worked in Bloomfield again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you finally decided that you guys were going to start a brewery you um and and in the interest of full disclosure i i've known tony since he started pursuing this process uh and so uh, you know you at one point said okay we're going to start a brewery and i remember meeting with you and talking to you at that point and and then it was actually like another year and a half before things really got rolling and part of that time was just Finding financing, trying to build it out. I think that's a really interesting experience for people to hear. How did you get that rolling? Sure. You know, and, and, um, you know, put this in perspective. This was, you know, early 2011 when we kind of whole started the whole process of, um, you know, of, of trying to get funding to, to start the business. You know, it's, it's, you need a lot of, uh, you know, we're not independently wealthy. Um, we don't have, you know, close friends and family that are. And, um, you know, trying to figure out how to finance a business like this, like, as you can see, you know, the, the you know, the equipment's very expensive. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of, it's a lot of, a lot of hard assets. And, uh, you know, we, uh, Dave was very helpful in, you know, helping us, you know, figure out different ways, uh, you know, different ways to do that. Um, but it was, um, you know, it was, it was, it was an interesting experience. It took, it took a little bit of time, 
you know, about a year, year and a half, uh, I think, to get everything kind of fully funded. Now, now, did you get a lot of no's, like, right off the rip? Like, I mean, were just people were just like, no, 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 or is it just something like, ah, oh, we want a little bit more? I mean, how was that kind of, like, the process? You know, the no's would come pretty quick. Yeah. You know, like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're, we're starting a brewery. Uh, you know, it's weird. This is, you know, back in 2011, but the market has changed well, so yeah, much. Exactly, I mean, yeah. there's breweries popping up all over the place. The the money, so to speak, has, has really kind of loosened up, uh, which, you know, we saw, you know, history history shows, you know, when, when the money kind of gets really loose and, <clears throat> and uh, you know, that, that tends to... Uh, you know, tends to, to possibly cause problems and crashes and, 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 and whatnot. I mean, if you look at the real estate bubble and, sure. you know, variable interest rates and, you know, all these, it, uh, it certainly sounds like there might be a craft yeah. brewing bubble coming <laughs> well, up. Well, <laughs> I mean, back in the day, I mean, when 60s, 70s wasn't craft brewing very popular and then kind of a resurgence in the, the cheaper crap. And now we're seeing it come back to, well, wasn't that early, well, even earlier with like the prohibition and stuff like that? Like, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a shameless plug here. Our former head brewer Mike Smith, <laughs> our former head brewer Mike Smith, um, who will actually uh, be here in uh, in in October for a book signing, um, is October October fifteenth, Thursday, October fifth. Hopefully this maybe this hopefully this airs before that. But yeah, yeah well, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So yeah, Thir- go up next week. So yeah. Yeah, Thursday, October fifteenth. Uh, Mike Smith. He's our. He was our first head brewer. He's our first employee. Dave knows him very well. Um, he he collaborated on a book. He's the co-author of a, a book called "The Comic Book Story of Beer," uh, which is the first. Uh, I think, as far as we know, the first comic book. Um, you know, kind of dedicated to beer that actually takes you through the whole history of beer back to ancient civilizations and yes nice. beer has been brewed for thousands of years yeah. um even before <laughs> they knew what yeast was and how all this stuff worked they just knew that uh it worked and it tasted good so um <laughs> it takes you through Basic the, the history of beer right. yeah they're like wow this stuff's really good it, <laughs> it greased the wheels of, of civilization many people will tell you uh um but is that the way they used to drink the water it was basically beer right like th- that's what i've heard at least or like what i've read is that basically it got you know well so i i i will try to oh man i'm gonna try to take a shot at this well because i know <laughs> beer actually dehydrates you but back in the day you know like my history lesson here is like the pirates used to put rum in the water because it killed any bacteria i still want to believe that but i don't know if it's true or not well i think what you're thinking of is is you know a lot of people uh you know Back before we knew what we know about, you know, like kind of microbiology and, and, and yeah. science is, you know, beer did not make people sick and, uh, water a lot of times did, especially right. in, yeah. in, in, uh, you know, kind of the under, Medieval uh, times. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Undeveloped areas. Uh, but you know, the beer is boiled. So it actually kills any germs mm-hmm. that might, that might reside in there. So, uh, for, for a long time, people thought beer was, you know, or knew beer was safer than water because you drink water, you might get sick and you, you drink beer and you and you won't get you know and you didn't get sick so um, unless the, you drank uh, too much unless you drank too much right right <laughs> and then right. they blended on the water so in the water so uh, but Mike's Mike's book is coming out um, and he'll be here for a book signing and and I, I would definitely encourage people to look that up it's uh, on Amazon it's it's uh, available all over it's the comic book story of beer I was actually um, just going to ask you if you knew where it was available with, yeah it, it is on Amazon. Okay, so we got um, a beer graphic novel. That's excellent. Yeah. Yes. So yep. if you want the history of beer, go yeah, there. <laughs> and that will explain it any 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 more than I can possibly ever explain it. But Mike's <laughs> role, 
um, you know, as in that book was uh, kind of the the resident beer expert there and writing, you know, writing uh, parts of the storyline as well. So, uh, but but the modern craft beer movement as we know it uh, really started in the late seventies. Um, I want to say mid seventies there was something like thirty thirty five breweries and they were all regional uh, national breweries. They were all brewing light adjunct lagers. Um, and uh, what happened was Jimmy Carter uh, re appealed a prohibit uh a uh ban on home brewing um and uh you know because home brewing was banned since you know since prohibition and uh you know obviously you know what happened oh, during okay, prohibition yeah. um you know the 1800s there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of breweries yeah yeah prohibition basically put them all out of business uh the 40s the mm-hmm. 30s the 40s the, the 50s the movement. 60s yeah <laughs> Coming out of that, coming out of prohibition was, uh, you know, was really a, 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 not a whole lot of breweries, not a whole lot of variety, but it was really kind of that, that ban and all these entrepreneurs, the people we, we, I admire, uh, you know, Jim Cook and, um, um, Fritz Maytag and, um, Ken Grossman from Sierra Nevada, you know, all these big names I and mean, people that really just, you know, when we started this business, there was resources for us. There were companies that made everything we needed. Back then, that didn't exist. Yeah. You know, nobody built, you know, tanks the size of the tanks we need. Nobody, you know, there was no, you know, kind of, uh, you know, supporting industry that, you know, it was it was Anheuser-Busch. And they mm-hmm. did everything. Yeah. They were, you know, kind of the, the, the Ford of the, you know, we make the tires and the rubbers and the uh, the rubber yeah. and, the, and the windshields and everything. And... Um, you know, so these guys are real true entrepreneurs who really got this movement started and it's grown steadily over the last 30 years. And, um, you know, that's, you know, we owe a lot to them to be able to do what we're doing now. And boy, even since we opened, it's, it's changed a lot. Nice. So, so, so I guess this was like a hobby, right? I mean, did, did it really all start as it being a hobby for you and your cousin? That, no. Or, or you went in from the beginning? I mean, I like to imagine it that you guys were sitting somewhere drinking a beer and you're like, we yeah. could do something better than this. Like it was like, you and, know. and the Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah, and, it was like one of those things. We were Bill like, Gates of beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, no, I mean that, that you know that was part of it. I mean, in 2006, there wasn't you know I, there wasn't as much beer as there is now. But you know, we started it. I, this is what I wanted to do. I knew since you know I was doing you know mowing lawns in high school. You know, since I was working at my parents' store, I. I knew I kind of wanted to do my own thing. So it was, uh, you know, I went into it thinking that and what, a what couldn't, I couldn't think of a cooler thing to do. Um, you know, that, uh, there are cooler things out there. I'm just not capable of doing it, but I, I couldn't think of a cooler thing that I was capable. No, beer is is the coolest. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'd love to be like, you know, Tony Hawk or, you know, movie star or something, but just that wasn't in the card. So. I could, you know, at least do this. Yeah, so, well, I mean, you know, once I lost the leading role in Point Break, I decided <laughs> to go to law. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, what I think is fascinating, Tony, is is it's sort of a great lesson for other people starting a non-tech business out there, right? So, so beer brewing is is a business of passion, but it is essentially mm-hmm. a a local business that involves hardware and no know how and knowledge and it's not something that usually gets financed right it's not a vc backed right. business it's usually not an angel backed business um but but you still need to raise money to do it and it's an attractive business to certain types of people and you spent a year and a half going out there and developing that network and then bringing the money and 
you know, there's an expectation these days of people who have companies in a wide variety of industries that I'm going to go out and ask for money. And I'm just going to get it. And <laughs> as, as we all know, us around this table and, and a lot of other businesses out there, keep drinking, Mike. And <laughs> yeah, right. that, uh, you're in the trap of despair right now. It's all right. <laughs> uh, yep. That, that, um, Mike may wake, may wake up here tomorrow morning. I'm just letting you know <laughs> that, uh, uh, but he, you know, it's, it's tough for them. And you're a great example of the persistence and, and effort it may take, but you got there. So I guess if I had to boil it down to one thing, what, what sort of kept you growing, going throughout that time? Was it just little successes or what? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're right. It's, it's a passion. You, you do this, you do this for the passion. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I've seen all the movies made about, you know, kind of the tech startups and Google and, you know, Facebook and, you know, there's a certain romance to it and you can't deny that there, there's that romance where you, you create this thing and then oh, it yeah. just grows and then that's awesome, you know, um, and, uh, you know, yeah, the, 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 you know, manufacturing, which is essentially what we are, you know, it's a little different, but, you know, one of the things I really enjoyed, um, about doing this is we're actually making a product that people enjoy. You know, you could sit down, have a beer, and say, "Boy, this tastes good." It's a mm-hmm. chance to relax. It's a chance to escape for a little bit. It's a, you know, it's it's kind of just a, you know, a break from, you know, why do you go out to to dinner? Because it's a break from sitting at home at the, you know, you know, the same table. You you might eat three meals, or you just can't day. cook, you know, or you can't cook. There's the hungry man dinners. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, you know, you, you you do something like this because you're 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 you know you're really passionate about it, and that's it's kind of what what drove us and you know i i i knew we could do it i knew we knew we could get it started um you know and 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 anyone could if you put you know if you put hard work if you have if you have the skills if you're going if you know what you're getting into um yeah that's the american dream so my first venture was in beverages that's how i got into entrepreneurship and i'll tell you right now that moment when the first bottles were coming down the line and they were being filled, it was a holy crap moment. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was your baby being born, basically. I, yeah. I haven't, you know, I haven't experienced that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, not that I hope I don't have any babies <laughs> running around, but, um, you know, it was, it was such an amazing moment. So, you know, where was this basically the home of back east? Yeah. This is the first beer. Yeah. This building is kind of where we started. Um, you know, again, Ed and I, Ed moved back. Back east in, I think, 2001. Um, you know, we started to get reacquainted in 2000, you know, five ish and, uh, you know, kind of had that, that, that ingenious idea to, to start a brewery. And, you know, we started brewing in early 2006, uh, moved in here on January 1st, 2012. And when we do tours here, which we do every Saturday from 12 to 4 on the hour, um, last tour at three um we uh, yeah last tour at three <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's not uh, at four we're, we're leaving at four but um but uh you know we do tours here and a lot of times on the tours i'll show people a picture of this building and nothing in it and ed and i just you know sign the lease and we're like well we got the key let's go over and check it out and we're like holy cow what do we get ourselves into you know there's just just huge you know we had money at the bank at the point at that point but we you know didn't have a brewery so it took about five and a half months to get things going um we hired our our, our first employee was our head brewer mike um uh former head brewer now um but uh the one i mentioned uh wrote the comic book story of beer and you know he he was really instrumental in helping us as a business guy as an engineering guy you know he had you know over 10 years of commercial brewing experience at really well-known established breweries and you know that was important to to, to kind of getting getting going but you know one of the 
first strange moments was, you know, coming into this building and saying, wow, this is actually here. (laughs) This is actually real. And, uh, you know, and, uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind, you know, three and a half years. We've done a big expansion already, uh, doubled our capacity and we're looking at, you know, kind of doing the same thing again over the next year or so. Nice. So were you uh, full-time at your job, like, when that year and a half that you are getting the money and everything? Or was it... I, I mean, was. When, so then when you got the money, you made the, the jump, or how did that kind of work? Yeah, shortly after that, I made the jump. So, um, you know, we, we had our, our um, you know, had, had our, our closing. We, we raised money from family and friends. So that's how we got money to start the business, um, you know, and, and I think we had things ready to go on uh, November 11, 2011. 11, 11, 11, we were... Um, ready to rock and roll. Um, again, we signed the lease on January 1st, moved in all the equipment and we were brewing by, uh, by mid June of 2012. So, uh, we were happy with that amount of time it took, but yeah. it was, um, you know, yeah. how many, how many parties did you, uh, throw to get all those family and friends to, uh, to back the beer? Like how, how much beer did they have to drink before? You know, <laughs> the crazy thing is we, we did a lot of pitches. Most people said yes. Cause I mean, most people, if they couldn't afford it or they weren't yeah. just weren't interested, um, you know, and I think we sold them on our passion. Like this is something, you know, we're not, we're not the next Google, you know, we're not the next Budweiser. We're not <laughs> yeah. even the next Sam Adams, you know, but we're doing this because this is what we want to do. We love it. We're passionate about it. And you know what? Hopefully you'll get your money back. Hopefully you'll get a, you know, a, a good return. But if, if you really want to put this money into, you know, into the lottery, so to speak, you know, like a, you know, really, you know, low chance, but really super high return, then this isn't, you know, isn't going to be it. So we got people to understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, we got better over time as we kind of made our pitches and talked to people. And, um, you know, I mean, I think a few people just called and said, Hey, I, I heard about this. I want to do this too. So where do I sign? Um, you know, which, which was cool. Nice. So, uh, but you know, all that time preparing really, really helped us out. And I'll tell anybody who's, you know, trying to get started, just take your time, prepare, you know, learn what you're doing. Don't, get caught up and i think a lot of the people opening breweries now are really going to kind of getting caught up in this romanticism because brewing has you know i was saying before it it wasn't romantic it's getting more and more romantic as people say um you know starting brewery and the timing is great and craft beer is growing and growing i think you know the types of beer we brew those those popularity of those beers are still going to continue to grow i mean very rarely do you hear people say well i had this great ipa and i was drinking a heady topper and then but you know what? I'm kind of sick of it all. I'm going back to Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never. I don't think anybody's ever said that. Okay, so <laughs> now I'm going to pose you a situation. Yep. <clears throat> Here's the scenario. You walk into a party, you go to the fridge to grab a beer, and all they have is crappy light beers. Which one do you go for? They have every, 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 every crappy, the, the entire crap. spectrum yeah. of, of the, the lower end. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, those they're, I would drink it. You know, I might. I actually, I'd probably bring my own beer because I, ha- <laughs> I, oh, I have. I actually have access Damn, to free nice. beer. Damn, I, you found your way around the question. I could get as much free Damn. beer as I want. But no, you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're well crafted beers. They're they're well made, but you know, they're they're styles that aren't becoming. They're they're becoming less and less popular. Mm-hmm. There's more flavor. There's more variety in, in beer than just kind of what 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 we've had in america for the you know last 50 years yeah. fortunately i will never introduce you to my one of my brothers-in-law who claims that he's a macro brew person like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like i only like i only like macro brews bud light you know that's, that's <laughs> i have a friend who's like that we give him a hard time but you know it's it's, it's all your taste it's all it's it, it's all your preference and you know you can't look at somebody and say well you know what 
you're wrong. That is the best IPA in the world because they may not like it. And you know, that's, you know, it's, it's, uh, as to taste, there can be no, uh, there can be no wrong. You but know? you guys have won some awards. We have. Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, uh, great international beer festival in, in Providence, Rhode Island. We've won, um, awards every year since we've, uh, Oh. Kind of entered beers in there, which is exciting, and that's a kind of a jury of the peers. Uh, the judges are other commercial brewers, you know, certified judges. Um, so it's it's not necessarily a popularity contest, and it's a blind contest too. So hmm, that's great. Um, now, is this industry? I mean, you, you say there's a lot of microbrews like popping up in here and there. Is it is it like a cutthroat kind of an industry? I mean, is there are our breweries kind of like collaborative on stuff? Or I mean, because I, I mean, you know, historically it's been a really collaborative type of industry if you look at you know the economics of of the beer industry you know you have you know 80 per you know about 80 percent is you know kind of the big macro beers you know you got about 10 to 15 percent um you know uh imports and you know you got depending on how you count it somewhere it's now somewhere between 10 and 15 percent craft so um you know i go into a place and you know somebody's drinking a you know, a, a, a harpoon or a beer from two roads or half full or hooker. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say, don't drink that beer. It's awful. You know, I'm going to say, Oh, good. These people like good local beer. And, uh, you know, and I, and I think there's, uh, there's always been this sort of, um, you know, collegiality of the, of the industry, uh, the Brewers Association, uh, which is the industry trade group in Colorado. They do a great job of getting information out and people do collaborate on stuff. You want, you want, you want to see the whole industry succeed because, because we're not going to be, you know, let's see, Sam Adams is what, uh, one or 2% of the industry. Yeah. So we're not talking market share. I mean, we're talking, we're, we're measuring our, 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 our growth and, and, and our size in how much beer we actually produce. We're not looking at market share, you know, Bud Light is 40, 45, 50% market share. I mean, you know, collectively the whole industry is going to take from that, but, you know, individually, um, you know, we're not really going to ever have a, a market share over, you know, 1%. So. Yeah. And that's a huge. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, we, this building would need to be a thousand times as big, you know, if we were to have a 1% market share. Yeah. So. So give our uh, listeners a little bit of insight into the industry. How, how did you sell your first beer, and how do you sell beer generally? Well, you know, in the the beer industry is set up. It's what they call a, a three tier system, and this has been in place since prohibition. So there's really there's um, there's really four tiers, but they call it the three tier system. Uh, the the first tier is the uh, manufacturers. So you have your brewers, uh, wineries, uh, distilleries. Uh, your second tier is your wholesalers or distributors. So, uh, in Connecticut, we use Hartford distributors. Um, they cover most of the state for us and downstate in, uh, New Haven and Fairfield counties. We have G&G distributors. So they're kind of like the second tier. And then the third tier will be the, the retailers, package stores, grocery stores, bars, restaurants. Um, and that's what's known as the three tier system. And I like to call it the four tier system because, uh, without the consumer buying those beers, there would be, uh, mm-hmm. no, None of the other three yeah, that tiers. That is true. That is so, true. <laughs> I don't know why they don't call it the four tier system, but uh, you know, it, it's it's traditionally been a um, you know, it been what's known as a three tier system. So, so, do you sell 
do you make sales or does the distributor make all your sales? Or? Yeah, the, the 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 distributors is responsible for basically distributing um, the beer. You know, we still um, you know have have a small sales team and we still do make you know kind of sales calls and you know go out and when we have new beers and you know try and get out and and and, and at least get to know the accounts um, that are pouring the beer. But as far as the logistics of you know the ordering, the delivery, the billing, the collecting, all that stuff. Um, you know, that, that's all handled by the distributors, but they have a, you know, they have big portfolios with lots of different beers. So we definitely need to, you know, make sure we get out. So, and what prevents you from crossing state lines? What's, uh, you know, we would need to register with say the state of Massachusetts to, uh, you know, get a permit to, to sell our beer there. We need to set up a relationship, uh, an agreement with a, with a, a wholesaler or distributor and, uh, you know, we, we can do that. What's preventing us now is, is we, we been having trouble keeping up with demand here in Connecticut. So, um, you know, we're going to do another expansion where we've grown about 30% per year since we've started, uh, which is, you know, um, more than some and less than, than others. Uh, but it's a, it's a growth rate we're, we're kind of comfortable with, uh, without really overextending ourselves. So, um, when we get to Massachusetts, we'll get to Massachusetts. People ask for it, you know, people come to Connecticut to, to get it and we're, we're happy for that. And, you know, we do want to, we do want to eventually get there, but, uh, we also don't want to do it the at the sake of our sanity or uh you know kind of overextending ourselves and and you know realizing that you know boy quadruple in size and you know now we've got way more beer than we can sell here in Connecticut even Massachusetts and then you know the 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 downfall uh, a lot of times is you know breweries start expanding to uh other places and you know we would do great in Massachusetts we have a name here in Connecticut. We have a name in Massachusetts. I don't know if we have one in Pennsylvania uh, or Delaware. You know, Virginia. I doubt it. It's uh, you know, it's too far away. So you you kind of have to grow. Uh, you know, I think smartly and and uh, not overextend. Well, that's great. That way, you make sure you don't get caught up in a craft brewing bubble. Exactly. <laughs> so, if you were to uh, if you lived in Massachusetts somewhere else, can they order your beer through their local liquor store or anything like that? Not in Massachusetts, okay. no, no, no. But hopefully, I mean, we're thinking, you know, uh, it's October 2015. I mean, possibly sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, early next year, late next year. Not, not really sure. We got to see how things go. I mean, we're uh, getting the busiest time for any breweries. Um, you know, including breweries like us that put all of our beer into cans is, is, is summer, you well, know. Now, see, then that's a great topic. Well, I know, I know it's a very controversial one in the beer industry, or at least for consumers. Why cans? Uh, cans because cans are a superior form of packaging. Um, they are better for the beer. Um, one thing they do that bottles, uh, don't do is they block out UV light mm-hmm. and, uh, UV light causes skunky beer. Um, so, uh, just like, you know, people like draft beer because it's nice and, you know, fresh and tastes really good. It comes out of a keg. That keg is made of metal and it blocks out light just like the can does. Um, cans also do a really good job of blocking out oxygen. Um, so on, uh, on our tours, I always uh, uh, usually, uh, you know, fill up a can, show people how our canning line works and how the can gets filled and how the lid is put on the can and gets seamed and, and sealed there. And then I'll step on the can, you know, and I'm you know, over 200 pounds and, you know, the can doesn't, you know, it doesn't pop, doesn't explode. And just, you know, it shows how, how good that seam is on, uh, on, the, on the top of the can. So that blocks out oxygen. Oxygen causes oxidized beer. Oxidized beer tastes flat and stale and papery and cardboardy. Um, so, so 
from a brewer's perspective, you know, that's the way we chose to, to, to deliver our beer. We want it to get to you in optimum condition. Um, and, you know, light and oxygen are two things that are really bad for beer. And uh, the cans do a better job of, of doing that. Cans are also more environmentally friendly. Um, they're lighter. They're actually easier to, uh, to to stack because you could fit more cans onto a pallet. So when we're, you know, we're canning, we can ship out a, you know, we could fit more beer on a truck because cans stack better, right? right? Like if you're, you're, you're dorm fridge in college, you got <laughs> yeah, you got cans. cans. <laughs> yeah, because you could fit more in there. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's all, uh, geometry, but, uh, they're uh, easier to recycle. They have a higher recycling rate. Um, they use less energy, um, when you, uh, you know, when you recycle them. And, uh, you know, they're just easier to handle if you're, if you're bringing a bag of, you know, empty cans to the re- redemption center, they're a lot easier to carry than, than glass bottles. A lot of beaches, you can't have glass bottles. Yeah. And then, and that's, <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's the third thing is it's kind of con- what it matters for the, you know, consumer, right? consumer. Yeah. Um, you know, you can take them places, pools, golf courses, boating, fishing, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of concerts, NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of cans are a little bit. So the, More welcome. So, so the debate that I always hear, though, is, you know, well, I think it tastes better out of a glass bottle. But in fact, cans are more, uh, there's like a lining. Protecting. There's a lining on the inside protecting it from, you know, any type of, uh, you know, from, from basically tasting like metal. You know, I mean, 50 years ago, they, canned beer did taste like metal. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we've, we've come leaps and bounds, uh, you know, and uh, it's the most popular form of packaging. I mean, I think everybody's probably had a, a, a macro brew or a, a Coke or Pepsi mm. out of a out of a can so it's uh sure. same well, technology well, i mean i grew up i grew up i mean grew up i mean i, I grew up in a, in a household where my father only had you know i've hazing good beer none of this oh, really? you know nice. like macros so yeah obviously when i yeah. stole a beer every once in a while you know when i was in high yeah. school it was always a you know an ipa or yeah. something so when i started showing up to parties it was the, the kind of beer and then when i started seeing like long trail harpoon magic yep. hat i kind of grew up because i grew up and uh going up there a lot and when they started going to cans i was like really like why yeah. why is that and I usually only get the cans now when, when I go out and get those. But. Right. It's, uh, we were the, uh, we were the second brewery in Connecticut to start canning all of our, you know, kind of all of our, all of our styles in, in, uh, in, uh, in cans. New England Brewing Company, uh, down in Woodbridge, good friends of ours. They've been doing it for, uh, six or seven years now, I think. So they were one of the first in the country. Uh, it's really starting to catch on now. You know, we started in, in 2013 and I want to say there's probably 10, I know we just upgraded our, our canning line, uh, you know, a few months ago and, and, and sold the other one and, and I made one phone call and, and, you know, sold so the <laughs> brewery in Connecticut. Um, sometimes there's probably 10 or 15 now that are, that are canning. And I think it's, you know, in some ways it's trendy because it's the new thing, but, you know, uh, when people come on brewery tours, you know, we've had a few people say, well, it's really boring. And I, I try and keep it interesting because I, I do a lot of them, but, we try and make it uh, educational as well. I mean, you want to you want to really come here and learn and have an appreciation and a respect for beer. I mean, it's not a commodity. It's not you know, it's not something you're just going to go chug and get drunk. It's really something you should, uh, you know, enjoy. So uh, we try and make it learning experience. You have a shirt with a can on it, a yes. back east can. <laughs> And it says Misty Mountain. Now, does that pay homage to The Hobbit by any chance? Uh, close. <laughs> uh, it's also you are a. Uh, such a nerd. Uh, actually, yeah. I, really, Dave? You? Uh, yeah, that's you what I just wanted. To, I wanted the chance to say that before you accused me of some. Star I want to say that I read, I read all, all the Lord of the Rings and saw the movies, but I haven't seen any of The Hobbit or anything. Uh, so. It, 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 it's, you know, kind of a, a, a I guess, a, a inspired by a Led Zeppelin song, Misty okay. Mountain Hobbit. Yep. 
which actually uh, came from the Lord of the Rings. There's a lot of a lot of Lord of the Rings uh, references in uh, in in uh, Led Zeppelin lyrics. Well, I would also add that uh, one of your beer series was the Hammer of the God series. Yes, uh, with the Pallet Mallet Double IPA. Pallet Mallet right? Double IPA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so a lot lot of almost hammer, uh, yeah. heavy metal references. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The uh, the the Hammer of the Gods is. Uh, is our is our big beer series and pallet mallet and uh, we have an imperial stout and uh, we'll do a few more and a double red ale uh, which we only brewed once but we're hoping to brew uh, again so yeah we you know we try to brew a wide range of styles because again I like them all um, but not everybody's gonna like everything so you have to have something you know for different tastes so what are what are your uh, standard brews the ones that you do all the time or um, our lightest one is our golden ale. Uh, we have our Back East Ales and Amber Ale, uh, Misty Mountain IPAs at a, um, American, uh, India Pale Ale, uh, more East Coast than West Coast. And, uh, our Porter is an English style brown porter. And we brew those all year round. Uh, got a line of seasonals. Um, done a couple one-off things here and there. Uh, and then we have our Hammer of the Gods series. Those are the big beers. Now you did a few, uh, percent. cask brews, right? We did. Yeah. We do, uh, our, we do, uh, Actually, our our, uh, our lead brewer Matt, he actually uh, w- was in England for a little bit, and um, in England they serve uh, beer on cask, which is uh, what they call cask conditioned beer. So it actually doesn't get poured through a normal tap. Uh, you don't use CO two to carbonate or dispense the beer uh, like you do with a uh, a normal beer you get at a, at a bar. So it's actually conditioned in uh, in a cask. Originally they were wooden, but now they're uh, the kind of metal containers. Uh, and what's neat about those, it's one of our regular beers, but we can put, you know, different types of stuff in it. So we, we'll put different kinds of hops into it. And, you know, we could even do things like, uh, you know, coffee or, uh, cinnamon or, you know, any kind mm-hmm. of stuff like that and kind of picks up those, uh, different flavors. So. Great. So <clears throat> now Matt left a little while ago, right? He, he switched jobs. Uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Smith. Mike Smith, our head, our, yep, our yeah. former head brewer, our, 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 uh, our first employee. Yes. Yeah. And you got a new brewer, uh, yes. James? Steven. Steven. Yes. I was completely off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, horrible at the names right now. No, we do have yeah, a James. Yeah. We do have a James that brews here. Um, yeah, Steven is our, uh, Steven Andrews is our head brewer. He, uh, most recently spent a year doing a rotation in Norway. Um, uh, has a lot of great experience and, uh, we're really excited to kind of, you know, um, start with that, his leadership and, uh, you know, continue to do great things and, and hopefully do some more things and, so what was that like though as a, as a business owner? I mean, you, you, you imagine your head brewer is going to be extremely important to a brewery. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you had any warning that, that Mike was going to leave. But. Yeah. You know, he was, he was actually was working on the book. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we kind of had some, some talks. He, he was with us for, uh, over three years, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, it's not 30 years like, you know, your grandfather might have done at General Motors, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was long enough to get us off the ground. Um, but, uh, you know, he was looking to, to kind of go out and start promoting his book and, uh, you know, um, you know, his, his, he actually ended up moving to, uh, move to Brooklyn. That's the reason he left. Uh, so he's down in, in, in Brooklyn now and his, uh, his girlfriend actually got a really good job there. So that's kind of, that was the reason, uh, that was the reason he left, but I think it was also, uh, we were in a good point to start looking for, uh, you know, uh, someone else. And I think he was kind of looking for, for more opportunities. So, and how uh, do you find a, a head brewer? How does, you know, whenever it leaves, they, they, they can't be that common. 
No, they're not. You know, I mean, a lot of a lot of people want to brew. It is an industry that people try and get into because you know it's well, it's beer. You know, you, you, yeah. you get it if you if you like beer and you're passionate about it, you're going to want to do something in that industry. Uh, you know, finding somebody with the experience that kind of qualifies for that you know head brewer position, um, you know, is uh, you know is is a little bit harder to come by. So, um, you know, we a lot of people are interested in working at breweries and, you know, you know, brewing in your garage for, you know, a couple of years is really different than brewing on a, you know, a commercial production system. It's uh so do you go to the Brewers Association and talk to your contacts there? Yeah, we posted on, uh, there's a website called Pro Brewer. Um, there's another one called Brewbound. Um, there's, uh, the, uh, Brewers Association, uh, website. So yeah, we, we posted on some there and, you know, it's a pretty small industry. So it's, uh, you know, it's, Word travels fast, you know. I guess so. So you can check up on the people pretty quick, pretty yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yep. You can yeah. try their beers, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the ultimate yeah. resume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bring in your beer, Go right? On. Yep. So, what uh, what other challenges did you face that you think it would be helpful for other entrepreneurs to know about? You, you know, I mean, you know, managing. Uh, you know, starting a business is, is, is hard. You're, you're going to be doing everything. You're the HR person. You're the accountant. You know, you're, you know, responsible for making, you know, business decisions, you know, and, and, and you have to do those, uh, you know, some are smaller, but some are larger scale and have, you know, long lasting impact. So I think, um, you know, it, it's, you know, it's challenging to, to realize that you're ultimately responsible for it all. You can't call somebody and say, Hey, I got this phone call. Can you, can you talk to the Hartford current, you know, or let me refer this to, let me refer you to our, our press department or our <laughs> HR department or our IT department. So it, it must be a little bit difficult then uh, working with employees, right? Your first time being directly responsible for managing a group of people. It not. Yes. Yeah. I mean, from this position. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, no, it is, um, you know, it is, and everybody has different management styles. And, you know, back in college, I took management classes. So, uh, you know, um, you know, recognizing that, you know, different people react different ways to, to different things and just kind of understanding how to manage people is, uh, is, can be challenging at times. Um, but we've built a good team here and, you know, we're not, we're not growing at a, you know, a, a unsustainable breakneck speed where it's, you know, all right, we're hiring 20 people here and then we're hiring 20 <laughs> people here. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's finding the people that, that fit right. So, how and, many, and motivating them. How many employees do you have? Nine total. Nine total? Yeah. So how many, how many full time is it some? Uh, five full time. Uh, or six. Five or six. Yeah. Right, nice. Yeah. So, so, um, a little bit about, so you went to business with your cousin, your family, right? Yes. So how did that bring you closer as a family? I mean, cause you said you were, you were kind of estranged from your cousin, but is that something where, cause I know, there's definitely horror stories about people going into business with their family and just, yeah. you know. Fortunately for us, it's worked out so far. Um, we both have, uh, kids, uh, we each have two kids that are the same age. So, um, you know, we, we, we go on vacation in Cape Cod, um, every summer and, uh, you know, we, uh, yeah, again, you know, he was out in San, he, he's 10 years older than I am. He, he went out to San Diego for a decade and, um, you know, so we really didn't know each other that well until, you know, again, we started, uh, you know, we started doing this mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the, the conversation, um, you know, basically went, Oh, so I think it was my wife was like, Oh, so 
Pony likes really good beer. And I don't know if we called it microbrews at the time or if it was called craft beer or whatever it was. She's like, Tony likes good beer. And, uh, you know, and, um, you know, it's like, oh, I do too. He's like, well, I used to brew. And Shannon's like, well, geez, Tony re- always wanted to open up a brewery. And Ed's wife was like, so did Ed. And so it kind of, it kind of started something. something oh, so, like so, that. Your, so your wives are drinking the beer and talking it not over. Our, not not our beer, but we <laughs> okay. were, yeah, they, they kind of, <laughs> they're, they're the ones that started they the business made the for connection. you guys. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> if, they, if they didn't start talking about it, you know, my inspiration was, uh, you know, was, was I went to college in, uh, late 1990s, uh, up in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, at St. Michael's College, and I went to actually outside of Burlington, but uh, we go to the Magic Hat um, yep. uh, Brewery, and you know, I, I remember walking in there. I'm like, man, I'm like, you know, it's just a, some normal person just said, "I want to start a brewery like this," and they did it. And I'm like, and I, you know, I remember, still remember thinking that, like, like coming to the realization that this is here. You know, not because of some corporation or some government or some, you know, big entity that makes these decisions. This was some male or female. And it was, it was a male, but you know, this guy who said, well, I kind of want to start a brewery. And that, that always inspired me. Of course, I, you know, at 22 graduating from college, I wasn't, you know, brave or smart enough to, uh, you know, tr- to try and do it. But, um, you know, well, you kept uh, it in the back of your years. head and, yeah. and came yeah, the back seed to you. was planted yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually funny. So are they actually in the same spot as they were in 90, 96, uh, or 99, whatever? Yeah. I, I honestly don't, don't know. Yeah. I haven't been up there. I've been up there a few times since, but not, uh, not to magic. I don't think they are because I think they've done a few expansions. Yeah. Cause I, I <laughs> kind of funny story is that I, uh, so I went up there probably when, when I was actually in college, my senior year of college, I went up there, uh, kind of a family trip, whatever. And, uh, you know, when you go to the breweries, you're, you're, you know, drinking everything and you get, you get a shirt, right? You get yeah. a shirt or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, kind of, yeah. And so I got this, this magic hat, like it's a bowling shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like a button down kind of. And it is a shirt that I literally, like, I, I was wearing it at parties. You know, yeah. if you go to a party or something, you wear it. I mean, it's a nice shirt. Yeah. And I'll tell you, my girlfriend, my, my, some of my friends, they hate it because I'll come out and be like, oh my God, Erickson is a party shirt. But I will tell you what, I get a compliment every time I go out with that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's like, that's a nice shirt, man. And, and if my girlfriend's with me, she, she just looks the other way. She's like, I can't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you got to get bowling shirts. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Somebody- <laughs> I, uh, we do have some pretty cool apparel, um, but you know it, do, it does it does make a difference when you have when you find that shirt, you find something that it, you it just was love. It's th- like this is great. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. again, it was that was seven years ago, so yeah. <laughs> it's still rocking. You know? um, so, so is that thing over there the one you started brewing in? Yes. So, so obviously you can't see it, and I tend to do this on the podcast and point out stuff that people can't see, but um, <laughs> but that's the one you. Started yeah, that's brewing a, in. It's a ten gallon homebrew setup. All right, um, all right. So it's, it's pretty advanced for a homebrew setup. Uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things where we're like, well, if we really want to, you know, seriously brew beer in the garage, you know, we can't really do it on a, on a, you know, on a stovetop and a, you know, five gallon bucket, five gallon bucket and a pail and a, and a bathtub. So that's exactly how I did it. Well, you can do it. You can do it that way. I mean, there's plenty of people that, that have, have done it, but you know, we really said, well, let's, yeah. let's, let's put aside all these other variables and just figure out like, you know, um, you know, let's do it the right way. So, nice, nice. Great, guys. Any other questions for Tony? Got uh, how many restaurants are you in right now? Like, is, are restaurants a big thing? Yeah, like, like, about three hundred, uh, three hundred ish. I think is you know probably a lot of them rotate. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot we have regular lines in, but you know the the rotating ones are uh, 
you know, a lot of places kind of regularly keep us in the rotation along with uh, every other, uh, you know, a lot of other breweries. Yeah. So, so like keg versus uh, cans, what's the kind it, of ratio? Is it like? Uh, you know, it's definitely the cans go up in the summer, um, but uh, we're, we're close to 50-50. Yeah. Is that the kind by, of the by mix volume. you want to have? Kind of yeah. Thing, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's the age old question. Do people try a beer in a restaurant and then go out to a store and buy it? Or do they buy it in the store and, you know, and, and try it and, or, or more likely go to a friend's house and have it, you know, drink it out of a can and say, Oh, this is good and order it at the restaurant next time. It's a, it's a, I don't know. It's a chicken or the egg type of thing. But, uh, you know, we're definitely in, in package stores, restaurants. Um, some grocery stores, adding more grocery stores too nice. as well. So to all of our listeners out there, go pick up some back east. If you are out of Massachusetts, if you're in Massachusetts or an outlying state, drive to Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. Buy some, <laughs> drink some. Fr- frankly, Bloomfield is not far from the mass border. True. So. That's why Massachusetts was, you know, kind of where we're looking to <clears throat> hopefully have our beer distributed. Yeah. And so if people want to find out more about back east, uh, uh, our website's backeastbrewing.com. We're on Twitter at Back East Brewery, uh, on Facebook, and uh, we're on Blue Hills Avenue in, in Bloomfield. So we're right off 91, uh, about 10 minutes north of Hartford. Excellent. And if anybody wants to learn more about the CT Startup Podcast, we're at ctstartup.com. And we are also on Twitter and Facebook. So, Tony, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate thank you letting you us in here. And yeah, this was fun. Would anybody like another beer? Oh, yeah. yes, definitely. Yep. So. Yeah. As, as, as a matter of fact, maybe by the time we have another podcast, we'll start. We'll stop drinking. Right? Yeah, and we had to limit. We had to. We had to limit Dave to just one because he was going to get crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen my tabletop podcast dance. Have yeah. You? No. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you. You've just listened to the CT Startup Podcast. You can find us on iTunes or check out our webpage at ctstartup.com where you can find all our social media links. And please, please leave us your feedback. Special thanks to our production team, Kate Rupart, Dylan Gilliatt, and Kevin Dobis, as well as our equipment and marketing sponsor, Murtha Kawana, LLP.